The art of losing's not too hard to master, though it may look like, write it, like disaster. Elizabeth Bishop, One Art. Day one, Friday, July 4th, 1.34 p.m. 27 days to freedom and I am caged, suspended in a boxy aluminum prison with gray cloth seats and the synthetic stench of piña colada swinging from the rear view. Josh, sorry, Joshua, would say that I'm being a drama queen. I imagine him saying things like that sometimes. It's not like I can actually hear his words out loud, or he comes to me in my dreams or some bullshit like that. But if I'm really still, I can almost hear him. The closer I get to the anniversary, the more I'm trying. I pretend that he's next to me on our rotted wood balcony before dawn, when my shallow breath rattle is the only sound. I conjure him up in the middle of the night, and he's sitting next to the bed when I'm dizzy and sick with Eden and booze. I imagine him rubbing my back in easy circles, whispering these sweet French lullabies our mother used to sing. I can almost feel the warmth of his hand. I wish you were here now to calm me. I am a hostage in the passenger seat of a white minivan, trapped next to a strange woman with cotton candy hair the color of ginger ale. She is telling me about her granddaughter's masterful performance in the role of Velma Kelly in her middle school production of Chicago. As if we were old friends as if I didn't see her activate the child lock the second we pulled out of the airport parking lot. In old movies, men in white coats cart the crazies away. I get a woman in a white minivan. Just such a vivid performance. Cotton Candy's pearly pink acrylics tap the steering wheel at exactly the 10 and 2 positions. She really transformed herself into the part. Bill, that's my husband, got the whole thing on the camcorder. I glare out the window at the infinite stretch of two-lane highway. The flat New Mexico desert looks like a kid's drawing. Swirls of waxy blue sky over jagged red dirt. Leaning cacti like somebody just plunked them down without bothering to make sure they were screwed in right. I even see wavy heat lines like when Josh and our dad used to barbecue behind the house on Broad. But then I blink and they're gone. She's the only one in the family with any creativity. Cotton Candy laughs and shakes her head. Her hair doesn't move. The van veers onto a long, skinny dirt road. To the right is a pasture, the only green I've seen in hours. Beyond the green is a dusty riding ring with several horses tethered to a fence. There are a few square stucco structures with flat roofs scattered across the grounds. They are old and unevenly spaced, like dice slung across a sandy floor and forgotten. We'll get you situated at the villa, and then I'll take your bags to your cottage, Cotton Candy says. Villa? Cottage? She makes this place sound like an all-inclusive resort. I almost order a complimentary cocktail. Last night's buzz is starting to wear off. The bruise above my left eyebrow throbs, and I scrutinize my reflection in the window. The knot has morphed into a purplish welt that looks like Italy, only horizontal. I'd cover it with my hair if I had any. But I got sick of it last week, 
the way it was wavy in some places and flat in the others, like it had no idea what to be. So I got Eden to crop it close to my head. Now, uneven razored layers fall lifelessly around my skull. I can't remember the last time I showered. The road dead ends into a circular drive in front of a large stucco building. It's similar to the others, but imposing, with a slanted red tile roof. There are 19 other girls with us right now. Four girls to a cottage. You'll be in cottage three. Great girls in cottage three. Just great girls. Cotton candy chirps. They'll be thrilled to show you the ropes as you're getting settled. God, I hope there's a secret handshake. So this is the villa. She parks the van and turns to face me. She's an ex-smoker, redeemed. I can tell from her fake blue-white teeth and the hairline cracks snaking from her pursed lips like barren riverbeds. I'm so happy you've chosen to take this step, Stephanie. For a second, it seems like she's going to grasp my hands in hers, maybe try to pray with me. But then I think she sees the look on my face and decides against it. We all are. It's Stevie. I go by Stevie. My voice sounds hoarse, weak, even though I'm suddenly furious. Why didn't dad tell them when he called? Stevie. Never Stephanie. I am not her. Stevie? She sounds uncertain, probably because she's just noticed the outline of my mother on my left forearm. Stevie, she tries again. Welcome to the first day of your recovery.